Hey guys, Mike here. On this episode of Mountain and Marsh, George Parker from uh, Bluebird Waterfowl calls in. George is doing something pretty cool right now. He's starting up a company. They got they got a Kickstarter page. They're making some motion de- decoy accessories and implements, one of which being called the animator and one of which being called the wingsuit. And guys, go check this guy out. If you listen to this podcast, you're going to know what I'm talking about. This animator is going to be a hit. The wingsuit is going to be a hit. These are super cool motion decoys and sound decoys, the first of their kind. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this. I really enjoyed talking to him and recording the podcast. I learned a lot. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Hey folks, welcome to the Mountain and Marsh Podcast, an outdoor-driven podcast where we also go in on and talk shit about pretty much anything. Hope you enjoy. Also, if you enjoy this custom music, this was produced by Stephen Mathias Music. Find Steve on his website, www.stephenmathiasmusic.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ward Business Group, Central Maryland's premier construction management and general contracting company. They are licensed and insured and provide a full range of services and products. Their services include, but are not limited to, lawn and landscape, excavation and land clearing, welding and custom fabrication, and snow removal. They also have products for sale such as sand, stone, mulch, and firewood. Ward Business Group serves Central Maryland and the surrounding areas. Ward Business Group is an affiliate of Invisible Fence brand of Carroll County and Invisible Fence brand of Delmarva. Check them out on Facebook via their website, or you can contact Justin Ward with any inquiries at 410-984-4020. And hey, everybody, I'm here with George Parker with Bluebird Waterfowl, uh, the makers of the animator. And can we talk about the wingsuit yet? Or is that, is that, can we, can we talk about that? Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> um, before we jump in, uh, how about you introduce yourself and um, kind of your name and where you're from and, and your company and all? Yeah, sure. So, uh, my name's George. Uh, I grew up in Michigan. Um, I started uh, living in California in 1994 and uh, got introduced into waterfowl hunting about 10 years ago. So I'm still pretty much a, a rookie when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I worked on fishing boats for many years and as a as a professional fisherman, I could tell when folks generally don't know too much about fishing they might know a little bit or a mid mid amount 
Um, but they'll say one or two things that just reminds me that they've got some learning to do. So it's likely we'll have that <laughs> at some point in this conversation uh, where I might uh, say or sound uh, like a rookie. I'll just get that out there right now. I've only been hunting birds for about 10 years, um, you know, and the season's only a few months a year. So you, you crack all that together with how much I'm able to go hunting, you know, a couple hundred trips under my belt. It's just not not as much as other folks, but I do enjoy it. Um, I started fishing when I was young, but I started fishing professionally in 2009. And I got my captain's license in 2012. And I worked driving fishing boats from 2012 to 2016. And uh, fishing on and off the boats in between those times and before and after. But um, then I moved from San Diego up to Northern California in 2016 to kind of follow my dream of getting my education. So I studied computer science and math, engineering in college. And um, yeah, that kind of that kind of got me where I am now, sitting in the middle of this new company, uh, kind of fell in my lap. So wasn't really planned. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, I just want to touch on something real quick. Uh, what what kind of uh, fishing did you guys do um, when you were a fisherman a charter? Uh, well, down in San Diego, we target pretty much anything that bites. That's one thing a lot of folks don't realize. You know, I'm going to go to San Diego and catch tuna. Well, uh, you might, <laughs> but you might go on a rock fishing trip, or you might go catch calico bass or barracuda. There might be bonita. Um, you might be fishing yellowtail, and it all depends on how far you want to go away from the landing, too, anywhere from one day to 10 days changes what you're catching. Um, our main target for uh, fishing down in San Diego on the day boats was uh, calico bass, yellowtail, uh, barracuda, bonita, rockfish. Um, yeah, just a lot a lot of fun fishing. Different times of year you get surface fish uh, where you're throwing surface irons, topwater lures. Um, sometimes you're fishing for surface fish on the bottom where the yellowtail normally be top feeders. You're fishing with with uh, dropper loops and uh, heavy sinkers or you're fishing with yo-yo jigs jigs that go down to the bottom um yeah we we, we pretty much fish for anything that bit yeah i, I just asked because i spent last weekend out i think yeah last weekend out on a boat um that was that was about 60 miles offshore uh, in the atlantic so but uh anyway yeah Back to, I don't want to get us too far off topic because I like talking about it all, but so bluebird waterfowl, um, we'll talk about the products a little bit and uh, the most predominant one right now being the animator. Uh, you said that this thing kind of, you kind of just worked your way into doing this, um, but were, were you like out in, out in the blind watching your decoy one day and you were like, why don't I do this? Like, how, how did this come to be? Yeah, I think we all kind of are always thinking of little tips and tricks and things we can do to, to increase our opportunity of shooting birds. And um, me especially, I've always kind of been a tinker toy kid, you know, growing up building different things with, uh, you know, wooden blocks or Lincoln logs and got into tinker toys. Once the tinker toy thing kind of exacerbated itself up to, you know, designing little tools and setting booby traps and my brain's always been kind of all over the place with unique ideas and thoughts. And this was just one of those things where we had a lot of time to think that day. We were out at a rice blind in Northern California, sitting there in flat, calm conditions, watching birds fly around, but they wanted nothing to do with us. And 
I just couldn't help but think that we've got this perfectly good battery sitting inside of a bird that's being wasted. I mean, it spins wings, and I get that the spinning wing decoy is one of the greatest innovations in, in waterfowl hunting in the last 20 years, and uh, it's very, very useful, but I, I thought that it could be used for more. So I just decided to start brainstorming, and we spent the day out there just kind of thinking, and I had some I had some uh, shish kebab sticks from some Sichuan beef that my buddy brought, and uh, I went out to my decoy and I stuck them in the wings and I started spinning the wings around and uh hitting the water with the shish kebab sticks you know and it's I just realized at that point there's there's so much more we could be doing with these motors and um the only problem I had with that was trying to set the, the bird proper uh for the distance from the water it's just you know you pull it up to make the sticks hit right and the bird would fall over. You push it down, the sticks are too deep. So you break the sticks and the sticks are too high and you push it down, the mud gets thicker and you can't get the bird down. And I'm just like, you know, it was a good idea, but it wasn't going to go anywhere. And, uh, you know, just started brainstorming in, in, on the ride home with my buddy. We had about a three and a half hour drive home and, and that, that was the birth of the animator. So why don't we, why don't we make something that works on this bird that, that can move water? you know yeah when i contacted you too i i had actually asked if you had ever ran these in icy conditions and mainly because where i hunt if i i don't hunt ponds very often but if i get on a pond um we notice that almost any time in the late season it is a constant struggle keeping decoys moving and then once the I get the ice broken off, go sit in the blind. Here come the ducks. There go the ducks. Look, stand up and look back out, and there's a foot of ice around the decoys. And so it's a constant <laughs> struggle all the time around here because it does. I mean, we hunted a couple of days this year, yeah, you know, down to almost zero. And so because of that, it's. I mean, we were on moving water and and had uh, decoys freezing up. But when you're on a pond, you know, it can be killer to just have enough movement to keep it open. And uh, I, yeah. I think you've, I think you've kind of hit something on the head there that it's just another piece that could maybe help even keep water open in, in some colder areas. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Now I remember when you, when you touch base with me, I get so many phone calls and text messages and messages on social. It's hard for me to keep track, uh, but I remember your message now. And actually just yesterday, I received a message from somebody who hunts in those conditions out in Minnesota. I think he's from Minnesota. Um, and, uh, gosh, what did he say? He said he's, he's an off season birder. I don't, I guess what that means is he likes to take photos and go and like watch birds and stuff off season. Um, and he mentioned that he's positive. This thing is going to keep that thin layer of ice from forming on these ponds. Um, I hadn't really had that confirmation yet. Um, he, he, he used some type of a, a trolling motor or some type of paddle on a motor that would hit the water to make the, to, to, to keep the ice from freezing over. So he already has proof that this works, but he couldn't mimic that sound. He was trying to, he was actually trying to make that sound that the birds make when they're getting up, um, and feeding that, that smacking sound. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's kind of what caused him to, to tinker around with this uh, trolling motor in the water 
And he found that it keeps the water from freezing if you could just move it just a little bit. So I've got some good news. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is a go for that purpose, um, you know, to get this into those shallow water ponds and, and to keep the water moving because these ripples, they move a significant amount of water. Um, they don't move, they don't move the water high. You're not going to get three inch wakes off of this device, but it's perpetual motion. It continues to move away from the bird. And every time the, the animator hits the water, it moves the water away from the bird. And I guess we should take a step back, right? I mean, for those of you guys who don't know what this is, (laughs) um, this, this, uh, this animator is a device that attaches to a spinning wing decoy that drops a plate down into the water. The plate's about the size of a tobacco can, and it sits on a rod, and that rod is connected to a camshaft that's in the, that, that goes in between the wing and the body of the decoy. So you can see it on bluebirdwaterfowl.com. There's a, a video on there, uh, kickstarter.com, search for bluebird waterfowl. You'll see videos and pictures on there um, if you want to find out what this thing is. Um, but basically, this thing, it's the only device in the world that hits the water at the exact same moment, at the exact same position, every single time. Because the motor has a rotary that's built in. It, it's, it's a stable speed. It's going to spin at the same speed. Um, and that speed will vary depending on what type of pressure you apply to it. We can get into that in a little bit. But that motor spins, let's say, at, at speed X. And the plate hits at speed X, let's say, three times a second. Pop, 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 right? It's every time it hits the water, it pulls up, and that ripple moves away from the device. It hits the water again, and it forces that first ripple even further and larger, and it creates a new one. And then it hits again, and it forces that first ripple even bigger, even larger, forces the second ripple bigger and larger, and starts it over. And this perpetual motion that it creates creates these ripples that get larger as they move away from the decoy. So if you're trying to keep thin ice from, from forming on top of uh, those shallow ponds out there, absolutely, this thing is going to keep the water moving. And I'm not sure how far it's going to be able to go in super icy conditions, but I would, I would argue that moving water is going to keep ice from forming regardless. Yeah, I, I would say just from my experience, um, like the, the vibratory, like the, uh, the lucky duck quiver magnets, and it's though they are something that we utilize – we have to utilize a good bit of them to even leave a hole open big enough when it gets about 15 degrees or so, 20 degrees. They don't throw a, uh, as, as I don't want to say large, but uh, as forced of a wake as what the animator seems to on your videos that when I'm watching the water move, it seems like that's a lot more of a pressurized it's a wide, push it's behind a wider it. Area. Yeah, it, it almost like reverberates a lot wider than the the quiver magnets do, or I I, I don't even I I won't even want to say it, but the Mojo, whatever the one that Mojo had, I can't remember what it's called. I think I used mine for like a season and it started leaking and it broke. So that thing wasn't <laughs> worth a, a crap anyway. I threw that out, but you know there there really isn't anything unless you buy ice eaters, and these ice eaters are heavy bulky it takes large it takes generators or marine grade batteries that are completely trickle charged or you know and and then you got to carry these things in break ice throw them in 
I think what you have is is very much an idea that could it could save people weight, it could save people time, it could save people energy, fuel costs, uh, you know, whatever. It could save people a lot of headache by using these. I think, and I'm gonna use them, use them this year and see what it does. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I'll tell you again, the reason why is because this is the only device that comes from a stationary object. It's the only water motion device that is forced into the water from a stationary object. Everything else floats on the water. Everything else is disturbing the water that it's sitting in. So you lose all that perpetual motion. All that continuous motion that moves away from the, the point of impact is lost when that quiver magnet or, and these are great products. Like I'm not trying to dog on anybody's products. Like these are amazing products. I use a pulsator. I use three of them. <clears throat> They're great products. They move water, they attract birds and they kill everything. But this thing it's just something different. This is lightweight. It clips on in about 15 seconds. Once you get used to it, you could probably put it on in three seconds. I mean, it's simple. When I go and set this thing up to do shows, I mean, I'm, I, I'll pull it out of the box and I've got it on 30 seconds later. And that's from the box. If it's already set up, I can clip it on in two or three seconds. Um, it's lightweight, made of carbon fiber. The rods are made of carbon fiber. The plates made of polypropylene, which floats. Rods also float. So if you're out there and you drop something in the water, you don't got to worry about digging down in that icy water. You got to try to go find it, especially with your headlamp on at four in the morning. Um, this stuff floats. Um, now the headpiece, the camshaft, it does not float. So that's an important thing to realize. You do want to set, you do want to at least put one rod in to the camshaft before you take it off out over the water. I would hate for you to drop that headpiece in the water, have to go digging around. That removes all that convenience, but this thing, you set it up, you clip it on, it hits the water. It doesn't take any extra parts. It doesn't have any extra motors. It doesn't take any extra power. When we're talking about battery uh, battery usage for your decoy, I've had, I've, shoot, I've got <clears throat> seven or eight different ones now that I've tested it on, all different brands. And I've ran these things for hours and hours and hours and recharged them and ran them again for hours and hours and recharged them again. Sometimes I keep them plugged in just so I can run it 24 hours a day. Um, this is supposed to be something you can use when you need it and not when you don't. The Kickstarter right now comes with a case. So if you're familiar with Kickstarter, uh, you can go on there and, and uh, pledge to be an early adopter of this project. And the, all the pledges on there, if you order an animator, it'll come with a hard case. That case is meant to be kept in your bag. Only pull this thing out if you need it. If you go out there and there's 15, 20 knots of wind out there, you don't need to clip this thing on. Just keep it in your bag. Shoot your birds. Have a regular hunt. This is not supposed to be something that you take out and use all the time. But if you go out there and it's calling for 15-mile-an-hour winds and you sit down into a light two-mile breeze, pull this thing out. Clip it on. You know what I mean? Um this is something that's designed to be used when you need it, not when you don't. Yeah, I love the idea of the simplicity too. Um, and I maybe it's the engineering background or, or whatever it may be, but the way that you can kind of think about it in that capacity helps out dummies like me. Um, and I know that it's going to help out a ton of people because I like as soon as I saw it, I my like like I had told you before we hopped on here, my wife gets annoyed with me talking about stuff. And this was one of those things that I, I saw it and I was like, 
you're not going to believe this. Like, look at this thing. And she's like, I, I don't care. And I'm like, but it's like, this is nuts, right? And she's like, I don't really care. I'm like, yeah, I know. But to me, it's it's such a great idea. And it's one of those like, bing. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's why hasn't anybody thought of that? That's a genius idea. <laughs> like, is it- You know, that's what actually kicked this project off because I was just going to make something for myself to use. And we started designing this thing and I got into prototyping on my 3d printer and stuff. And I started showing some people and talking about it and they're going, that is, that is freaking cool. That is brilliant. Are you sure this hasn't been thought of before? And I'm going, I don't know. I I don't know if it's been thought of before. I'm just making it, you know? So then I started looking into it and I'm looking through patents and everything else. And I will give Mojo its credit where credit is due. They did have something called the booty shaker. But the booty shaker is a, a pole that connects to your rod that you stick into the ground. So when you got your post in the ground, you put on this booty shaker clip over the top of your rod and then put your bird on over the top of that. And the booty shaker sits in the water and it requires your duck to shake. You need to have your bird needs to be vibrating or, or convulsing at such an amount that it actually moves the rod that's stuck in the mud. It depends on that rod moving to move this device that sits in the water. So then they created this little clip that clips onto the wing um, that that causes your bird to go off center. It causes the wing to go off center, which I can't I can't imagine is healthy for the bird in the first place. But so that that's what that's what the booty shaker is. Um, but this thing. It's it's not a it's not a, a side to side motion. It's a direct up and down motion. And uh, I was looking into it, and I found the booty shaker, and I'm going, oh man, well there, there's one. Let me see if I can find anything else. And we never found anything else. So that's when I started talking to a patent attorney about it. And he, I had him start looking, and he couldn't find anything else. And I'm showing people, I'm talking to people, and they're going, dude, you got to do something with this. And that's when I that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to file the patent paperwork, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to start showing some people because I don't want to show too many people when I first thought of it because there was an idea in the back of my mind. I've always kind of been an inventor, thinking of things and trying to figure out stuff. And I can't tell you the dozens of different ideas I've had that I've gone on patent searches and found them right away. There's a lot of great ideas out there. This is one that got missed. This is one that just nobody thought of and by the grace of god i was able to get the patent filed on it and then i really started showing people and uh you know there's a lot of trolls out there in social media there's a lot of people who like talking trash on a lot of stuff and i gotta tell you 99.5 percent of people i've shown this to just fall in love with it immediately and i'm really really excited about where this thing might go but i was showing a buddy once and uh, I had my cell phone in my backyard, and I had the prototype on the bird, and I had it all zoomed in nice and close to show him the camshaft. And we were on a Facebook Live or a Facebook uh, connection video chat thing, and uh, I'm showing him the camshaft, and he's going, what is that sound? And uh, I said, oh, that's, that's – uh, back then it was called the cheater. So, oh, that's the cheater. That's the plate hitting the water. And he goes – Dude, that sounds like a bird feeding, like a bird smacking the water with its wings, like a bird fighting, a bird trying to fly. Like that's it sounds like it sounds like a live bird in the water. And that's when it hit me that there's something 
much larger to this than I ever imagined. And that's the advent of sound. Bringing water movement into the game is something people have been doing for a long time. Bringing water sound into hunting is not something that anybody's done yet. And this thing is going to be crazy when it comes to helping people finish birds. I mean, when you get 15, 20 yards away from this thing, it sounds exactly like a coot in the water. You know, like when you're walking out in the dark in the morning and you spook a bird you didn't know was there and it's, you know, it smacks the water as it's getting up. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the sound this thing makes. And it's an, it's an incredible advent, dude. I think like this is going to be a whole new category of decoy. And actually my utility patent covers the idea, the intellectual property of creating a sound by utilizing uh, a plate hitting the water from a stationary decoy. So there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, utility that's covered on this, but as I started to tell people about the sound, <clears throat> we got a little bit more haters out there because I was taking videos on my cell phone and I'm trying to show people like, Hey, check this sound out. And you can't, you can't describe it. You can't catch the reality of this sound that it makes through a cell phone. And so people are like, Oh, that thing's too loud. And I'm like, dude, I'm like six feet from this thing. Like you don't want it to be quiet. If it was, if you could barely hear it six feet away and it caught the mic of the phone six feet away and it sounded good, then that would be bad overall. Cause we're using this in the field. We're using this where there's, where there's wind blowing, where there's, uh, you know, people shooting guns. There's, there's other sounds around these birds need to be able to hear what this thing's doing. And when you get 15 or 20 yards away from this thing, it sounds exactly like a bird getting up. Exactly like a bird getting up. And you get like 50 yards away, 60 yards away, you could still hear it. You could still hear it popping in the water. You get 100, 150 yards away, you could barely hear this thing. And that's what I mean when I say this thing's going to help finish birds. If these birds are coming down to take a peek at your spread and they start to hear this live action in the water, there's no, there's no human that makes this sound. This is an animal type sound. This is a very unique, specific sound to, to animals being in the water. And, um, I, I gotta say, man, I really think this is gonna, this is gonna change the game for waterfowl hunters. I, I think all of us have been out in the spread from one time to another, but we're picking up our decoys and a bird lands right behind us it, while we're in the f- freaking spread. Right. Um, yeah. Why is that? Why is that? If you're standing still wrapping up a decoy and that bird finishes right behind you, it's, it's my, my intuition's telling me they, they hear that water movement. They hear splashing. They hear life when they come around that tule bend and they just immediately land, not thinking about much else because they hear life in the water. And I really think that this more than even a wake maker, this is going to be a sound machine that's going to change the way people people duck hunt forever. I think this is going to change the game. But we still, I still utilize jerk rigs, and and I think that, I think that that the noise that if you if you run a jerk rig hard, maybe that's been now that you're explaining that maybe that's been a part of what's been so successful since the the year 1900 or whenever a jerk rig came about. You know, I would imagine somebody made that up and was like look at this this looks great but the noise up nobody ever really thinks about the noise but 
heck, maybe that noise has something to do with a little bit the 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 pool and the splash. And I and I wonder if that has a little bit of something to do with what makes those those jerk rigs such a uh, time tested. And nobody even talks about that. Um, one of the farms that we hunt up here, if it's a calm day, and uh, a couple, I think it was two years ago, there was a huge flock of mallards and black ducks in on this pond, and it, it you could hear them from a hundred yards away, splashing and, and everything, just like you're you're talking about. And uh, I never really thought to put two and two together, but yeah, I would imagine since they hear duck calls at 300 yards, they're going to hear water splashing as well. It's something that's not talked about, but the reality of it is live birds move water. They don't just move the water though. They, they actually make a sound when they're in the water. And, and, and we are not accustomed to being so, uh, specific about what we hear, unless you're a hunter, you know, especially being a deer hunter or a mammal hunter of any kind, you're out there and you hear a crack of a twig or something, you're on it. You know right away because your your instincts kick in. Your old caveman boy kicks in, right? You're familiar with hearing sounds in the city or in your town or whatever, but when you're out in nature and it's quiet, you pay attention to everything. And that's where animals live. They live in that out-of-bounds area, in that nature area. And when you add this sound to your spread, it's going to change the entire way these birds are looking at your device, or you're looking at your, uh, your, your spread. Your display. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's something to consider, too, that this sound might be a positive sometimes of the year. And this sound might be a negative sometimes of the year. It's something to consider. This is an untested tool that we are bringing to the field for hunters to utilize in the best way possible. And it's very important to understand that word tool. When you're using your spinning wing decoys, that's a tool, right? You're out there. You have your precision placement. You like to have them at a certain angle. Maybe you like them at the end of your spread. Maybe you like them tucked close to the blind. Uh, maybe you like them on over land, just on the edge of the water. Guys have their own instincts and intuition about how to use these things. And one thing that's most important for spinning wing decoy hunters is when to use it. Do you want it on full? Do you want it on intermittent? Do you want to use it on a sunny day? Do you want to use it on a cloudy day? Do you only use it in the morning? Do you only use it in the afternoon? Guys over time have figured out how to use these spinning wing decoys to their advantage, and everybody has their own pot of soup. Everybody likes their own ingredients. And this this falls right into that ideal. The idea of understanding how and when to use this is going to be an important part of your success as a hunter. I, I wish I could tell you you're going to take this thing out and put it, in the, put, it, put it on your decoy and it's going to bring birds in nonstop. And it might do that. But I'm a, I'm a math guy. I studied statistics for a long time. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably not. <laughs> it's probably going to flare some birds at certain times of the day, certain times of the year, certain conditions. It's probably going to bring in birds certain times of the day, certain times of the year, etc. Figure out what works best for you. And I am asking folks, as you get this thing out to the field, um, test it out and let me know what's working for you. So I can know, I could tell other guys, Hey dude, there's a guy out there in Maryland that's been using this thing, but he only uses it in the afternoon been killing it morning's been flaring birds right i've been able to t talk to people around the country and figure out what's going on 
then I could take that information and compile it and let people know what's working best for different people because this thing is brand new. This is an entirely new category, and I can almost guarantee you it's going to make some major waves in, in, in the duck hunting world. But the last thing I want is for folks to take this out there, recognize that it's flaring birds, and continuing to use it the way that they're using it. I don't know who the first person was to figure out the spinning wing decoys flare geese, but I can tell you it got around real quick. If you're going to be hunting geese, you don't want to be using a spinning wing decoy, right? Kind of a kind of a standard. Yeah. But yeah. Who, yes. Who figured that out? Yeah, but sometimes sometimes you do though kill geese over. So so it's it, just as you said it's it's uh it's everyone's pot of soup. It's uh anything. <laughs> it, there can be many different scenarios for for many different hunting situations. And just as you're, you're going through this, you're telling me all about this. Um, the idea of using sound that isn't a call for ducks. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a hunter of deer and turkeys. I have been just like ducks and geese and upland and whatever my entire life, um, for majority of my life. And I, I grew, I guess it didn't hit me until you were just saying it. I use calls such as rattle antlers or grunt tubes. And I use calls. This especially ties to turkey hunters. I use turkey calls just like every turkey hunter. I use duck calls just like every duck duck hunter. The difference being is when I am turkey hunting and I know birds are pressured, I sometimes will never touch my call and I'll just rake leaves like I'm a bird feeding all morning until a bird comes in. I actually called one in the final day of Maryland season, spotted him. He started skirting around me about 60 yards away. And an hour and 15 minutes later, he popped up over the ridge. And he actually gobbled about 20 yards in front of me. And I just leaned down, touched my call twice, and he popped over the ridge. And I never once actually called to him. I was just raking leaves back and forth like I was a group of turkeys feeding underneath the leaves. And that's it. And so you just it's funny because I do it with deer as well where I in the rut I may scrape leaves out beside me if I'm sitting on the ground or I may rake limbs real hard with my rattle antlers like I'm rubbing a tree and shake a tree all, all to hell. And it's funny that you say this and I don't even think about it, but I think about it all the time for deer hunting and turkey hunting. It's like ingrained in me. It's just something I do. And you just introduced me to the fact that there's there's another thing I can do, and I didn't even know it. And I've been duck hunting for a uh, majority of my life. Like, that's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really honored to have that opportunity to share this idea with you. And I'll tell you something I haven't shared with anybody else yet, because I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. But I had this thing out at the lake testing it out and guess what it does to bass <laughs> what is it it brings them to the water this, this smacking sound these three to five pound bass are and this has happened multiple times they swim right up to the damn thing it's like they they they, they hear that smacking sound and they think something else is feeding all right stop it's not, stop. It's not a human sound <laughs> stop telling me this because like in three months, it's going to be uh, bluebird bass fishing, and it's 
you're going to have a little thing that does this for bass fishermen. And it'll be, it'll be the worst thing for bass tournaments since a can of corn. So maybe you shouldn't tell me this. Right, dude, I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing to experience, but that's when I realized there's something more to this sound. It's a very natural sound that's found in nature. It's a, it's no human goes out there and just smacks the water at perfect intervals with their hand. And if you did that, I would say you might have similar results, but humans don't make those types of motions. And and animals over hundreds of years ingrained into their anatomy and their psyche is the sounds that humans make. You know, even when we're walking out to pick up our decoys in our blind, those big swishes with our feet through the mud and the water, those are sounds animals make. Deer, bears, all kinds of different creatures that walk through the water make those big sounds, but there are sounds that humans make, and the birds and other animals are very familiar with human sounds. And it's something to take into consideration when we're discussing the sound that this device makes. I'm telling you, this is going to be a whole new world of waterfowl hunting. And my utility patent's going to cover it as best it can. But guys, boys, if these if these big mojo guys and some of these other big duck companies are listening to this, just give me a chance to get this out there before you take it over, all right? Because I feel like we stumbled upon something. I think it's going to be real great. And we're really excited that Bluebird Waterfowl is introducing the world to this. Well, I, I'm sure everyone's going to be excited about it when they see it. Like I said, I've been a hunter of all types my entire life. And when I saw this thing, I was like, oh, my God. Like I, could, I just couldn't believe it. I, I was like, why hasn't this – where has this been? Like, Just like you said, the, the, the butt shaker or whatever. I remember when that came out at Mojo and everybody was like, do you get these? And I'm like, I don't know. It looks really dumb to me, guys. Like It looks like it's, it's a lot – too many moving parts. It's a – it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And then I see yours and I'm like, that's, that's not, it's, that's like, it's perfect. And I used to be a machinist. So I'm seeing your pictures and I'm like, <laughs> I, I get, I get everything. You know, I, it's really cool. And talk a little bit about that. Like, I know that you, you've put up pictures, especially it's on kickstart and everything, these prototypes and all, were there a lot of steps to finally get a, a you know, a bottom piece and all exactly what you wanted? If I shook the box of prototypes that I have in front of me, it would sound like your deer antlers. It's full of prototypes of different sizes, shapes, and kinds. We went through dozens of different iterations of this thing. Um, it's funny because, you know, dealing with the manufacturing process now, sometimes I got to go back and find my CAD files, the 3D imaging files, to try to get these things out to the manufacturers. And... uh I go, I stumble upon some of my older iterations and they're just ugly. <laughs> they're ugly. They, 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 they're operational, but they're not, they're not, uh, uh, appealing to the eye. Uh, they're not functional in a sense that's realistic. Um, they got the job done, but it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, we've been through, we've been through dozens of different prototypes to finally settle on this one. Um, speaking of models, we do make this for three different companies. Uh, we make this for Lucky Duck. We make this for Avian X. And we make this for Mojo. Um, there are, I think, 87 different Mojo ducks out there right now. Or some crazy amount. It's insane how many different models those guys have actually put out. Um, 
This operates with the Elite Series Mojo, the full-size Elite Series. Elite Series also has a mid-sized and a baby. These do not work with the mid-size and the baby, and that's important to understand. The Elite Series Mojos, the full-size, it works with the Mojo King Mallard, which is the duck I recommend. If you guys are new to spinning wing decoys or if you're looking to replace one of your old spinning wing decoys that stopped working, I would upgrade to the King Mallard if you're going to utilize the animator. Um, that thing has just been killing. I've been through three of them um, just with different testing to make sure it works with all of them. Um, every single one of them has a real standardized shape and feel to it. Uh, the AVNX Power Flight's a really good duck as well. Um, that one's a little goofy, though, if you're not used to it. Um, I could see that their quality control seems to be lacking. Uh, a couple of them that I bought, the motor shaft was angled down in such a way where it was difficult to get the wing on in the first place, let alone fit an animator on. The animator connection does mimic almost identi identically the um, shape and size of the actual wing itself on the attachment side to the motor. But... It does have a little bit more thickness because, for instance, the AVNX wing is a very heavy wing. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's like a full, thick plastic wing. Um, they also have two different size shafts, one for the right and one for the left. They kind of dummy-proofed how you're supposed to put the wings on to make sure you don't need to worry about whether it's on the left or right side because their shape of their wing as it spins, it's a patented design, makes it look like the bird stays cupped while the wings are spinning. It's super cool. But... Because of that, they had to switch the shaft sizes, so right-hand side is a little bit larger than the left-hand side. Um, so we do have two different animators for the AVNX Power Flight. We have a right-hand side and a left-wing side. Um, the King Mallard fits on both sides. AV, uh, the uh, Mojo Elite Series fits on both sides. And the Lucky Duck, Lucky Duck has done a favor to Bluebird Waterfowl by keeping their wings standardized. And um, I actually was thinking about reaching out to them to see if they wanted to partner up on this because the Lucky Duck actually fits very well. It works on any Lucky Duck product. I personally hunt with the Field Flashers. Um, I use a half-inch PVC pipe. If I can cut them like five to seven feet or however deep I'm hunting, and I can put the PVC pipe in the mud, and then I stick the Field Flasher. fits right into there perfectly because they have a half-inch uh, uh, diameter base on the bottom. But this uh, animator fits in any Lucky Duck as far as I've seen. Um, so, but they are, they are, um, specific to these ducks. You want to be careful when you're ordering them, uh, that you don't get it, uh, take it out of the box, try to put it on, realize it doesn't fit, take a hacksaw to it and some electrical tape, try to make this thing work and then try to send it back. We're not going to take it if you, if you messed it up. Um, but if you, if you purchased it for a duck that it's not compatible with, you can always just send it back. We'll, we'll take it back. Um, but, uh, I would recommend to stick to the models um, that that are designated for this thing. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you you got you're getting stuff figured out now, though, man. It's it's really cool that you've progressed this far from uh, a box of prototypes to actually getting uh, you know getting this thing out and and getting it to people this this season. It's going to be super cool to see from my point of view to see the progression of how hunters utilize them. And how they yep. become, you know, there there may be spreads set up around these things now. Like there's certain ways right. people set spreads and stuff. So that's going to be super cool. Um, what about, can we talk about the wingsuit at all? Or is that still such in the works that you want to wait? 
No, no, no. We're getting closer to the wingsuit. Uh, before we leave the animator, I'll tell you a little bit about the Kickstarter because um, that's that's a very important part of this animator. Um, wingsuit will be coming out. We're going to do another little Kickstarter pre-order for the wingsuit once it launches. And I think that I, I'll just give you a little little uh, spoiler here. I think the wingsuit's going to be much bigger than the animator in the waterfowl industry. But um, for now, we got the animator Kickstarter. The Kickstarter.com, a lot of guys aren't familiar with it. It's overwhelming. You got to get on there. You got to find it. You got to make an account. Then you got to pledge. And what's a pledge? So, Kickstarter is an organization. It's a crowdfunding website that's worldwide. It's for uh, innovators, people who come up with board games, uh, books, video games, uh, furniture, different gadgets. Um, you're going to take your project, put it onto this crowdfunding site. You set an amount that you're trying to receive. Uh, to help fund your project, and a lot of folks will offer a reward. And the reward is uh, something that you get for pledging to the Kickstarter. So let's say uh, for the animator, for instance, we have a few different rewards on there. We have, this, we have the early bird. The early bird will get you one animator kit, which includes 70 centimeters of rod broken down into two. So you get a 40 centimeter and a 30 centimeter. Um, then you get the headpiece, which is the camshaft, specific to your bird, and then you get the plate. The plate and the rods are interchangeable amongst all the different animators. So if you ended up losing your uh, headpiece, for instance, you could replace that, or if you just lost some rods or a plate, you could replace those. Um, the rods and the plates are interchangeable. So for the, the early bird package, you'll get an animator kit, and then you'll get the custom Bluebird Waterfowl EVA foam molded case. So I took the same software that I used to create the animator, and I used that software um, uh, kind of uh, reverse, right, to make the cavities in the EVA foam so it fits the animator, the rods, and the plates perfectly. So it's all custom molded. Uh, the great thing about this case is that it's a zipper case, has a handle on it, and when you open it up, you can keep your decoy wings inside the case itself. So it's really beneficial to have, if you do utilize spinning wing decoys in your spread, uh, to have a place to put your wings. Um, a lot of guys just throw them in their backpack, throw them in their decoy bag, but some of these wings are made of like this light styrofoam or plastic material, and they end up getting bent or broken. Um, this is a hard case you can put all your wings in. It holds two full animator sets. So it'll hold two head pieces, up to six rods, and uh, it holds in place two plates, but you can put extra plates of stuff in that pocket up at the top. So that's kind of what this, the early bird gets you, the full animator kit and the hard case. The super early bird is going to give you two full animator kits. So you're going to get four rods, two head pieces, uh, camshafts, and uh, two splash plates, the sound ones. We wanted to make this deal extra special because I do want people to get this out there, to use it, to mix it up with their birds. Um, so we also included some additional accessories that we're putting out as well. So we get two more extension rods, 30 centimeters each, and you get two silent splash plates. The silent splash plate was made for those, those haters out there that were hating on the sound. Um, because regardless of the sound that this thing makes, this thing makes waves. <laughs> it does it well. Um, so I decided to make a plate that was completely concave, uh, smooth on the bottom. So it does move the water, but it doesn't make any of the sound. So you'll get two silent splash plates, six rods, two camshafts, and uh, two regular splash plates and the hard case. And we're selling out that entire thing for a, a pledge of $100.
And that includes your tax and your shipping here in the United States. We do have some folks that have been ordering from Canada and New Zealand. I think it's like 30 bucks to ship out of the country. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the best deal. Super early bird. Then we got the pledge pack. Um, we did make some swag, right? So, uh, every company has got to have some swag. I designed these hats and sweatshirts completely custom. I mean, down to choosing the blend of the materials that they're made from. So the hat itself is a, uh, acrylic and wool. Um, it's a flex fit hat, one size fits all. Uh, the inside threading is all Bluebird Waterfowl spread animation threading. It's super cool looking. Um, got a nice big mallard, single single uh, single tail mallard with that you know that curly tail they got on the back. <laughs> so it's got a nice curly tail mallard on, up on the front with the Bluebird Waterfowl logo on the back and a Bluebird woven label. Um, and then the sweatshirt is a polyester cotton blend. And uh, I had them elongate the torso and increase the hood size. So much more comfortable for waterfowl hunters. If you're out there using it as a layer, it'll actually fit you well. It won't pull up over your pants, um, tighten up, and they're pre-shrunk material. Um, so gorgeous, gorgeous stuff that I made just, just to, so people could have it. So the pledge pack comes with a hat, a sweatshirt, and two animators and the hard case, but it does not have the accessories. If you want to add on the accessories, you can do that also. Um, so if you want to go on kickstarter.com, it expires on July 1st. If you're listening to this after July 1st, um, I don't know, come up with the coupon code or something where you say like 10 or 15% off for you. So, um, we'll get, I'll get together. I'll get together with, uh, with these guys and, and come up with the code and see if we can't, uh, figure out something for the guys that are listening to this podcast closer to duck season. But, um, you can also private message me directly and just say, Hey, you know, I heard you on the podcast, um, said something about a discount code and I'll figure something out for you guys. Make sure everybody gets taken care of. Um, but to head over to Kickstarter, make that account real simple to make the account. And, um, from there, you're just going to pledge whatever amount you want to pledge. And the reward will come probably October is when we're expecting to have product out. Heck yeah. And, uh, We'll kind of finish this thing up with, uh, and we want to talk a little bit about the wingsuit. And, and also, I kind of want to just, we can bunch that into this, is I want to ask you what your future goals for the company were and kind of where you see it headed into the future, or are you just along for the ride right now? <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, well, we came up with the wingsuit as a complete accident again. And now that we've kind of gone down this path of decoy accessories, um, I really, I really have gotten excited about sticking with that plan. So I think we're going to continue down the line of decoy accessories. Bluebird Waterfowl will have a lot to do with you being able to utilize decoys you already have in your spread. Um, to touch on the wingsuit real quick, the wingsuit is a, a pair of collapsible wings. We're going to end up using a uh, Ponji polyester. We initially thought we were going to use Tyvek, but the printing didn't come out super clear. And I want these things to be sharp. So we make them in four different designs. We make them in teal, widgeon, mallard, and sprig, uh, pintail. And uh, they're 75 centimeters wide. So this is a big set of wings. Um, 75 centimeters. I mean, I don't even know how, how far that is. I, I think it's a little over two and a half feet. It's, but to put it in perspective, a mallard's, a mallard's wingspan is anywhere from 75 to 95 centimeters. Okay. So this is a full life-size set of wings, full color printed top and bottom. So the bottom right now 
is printed as the underside of most of these birds have these white coloration with black tip wings on the underside. Most birds have that same type of pattern. What I realized, this looks a lot like a snow goose. So we're making it right now to where you're going to be able to attach this wingsuit to any decoy you have. I've put them on socks. I've put them on silhouettes. I've put them on floaters. I've put them on hard full body land decoys. I've put them on spinning wing decoys. Super easy to use with the single silicone wire goes over the neck and around the tail and you can slide the frame of the wingsuit up and down this wire to position it right on along the back of the bird. So you could put it on your teal decoys if you want, or you could slide it back and put it on a full size mallard or an oversized mallard. Uh, most of the decoys we use already are oversized. Um, so you got this full color detailed that I designed myself printed on the top, but we're making it right now. So if you wanted to, you could turn the entire wingsuit upside down and put it on one of your confidence decoys, put it out there on one of your snow goose decoys, um, to, to bring that white color to your spread too, to make, to make things at, uh, touch base a little bit better, uh, to connect with the birds a little bit better with those confidence decoys. Uh, the wingsuit's really special. It's got copper joints at the same location where the bird's joints actually are. So right at the shoulders, right at the elbows on the right and left hand wing. And so you can manipulate this, this uh, wingsuit to basically any pattern that you want. You could fold them up and make them look like they're cupped up. You could bring them up and make them look like they're stretching. You could fold them back and make it look like they're resting. You could put the tips down in the water, make it look like they're bathing. You could do whatever you want with this. You could put it on any bird that you have. And the great thing about this is it'll catch a little bit of wind. You get even five, six mile an hour winds out there. This is going to be throwing your decoys all over the place. They're going to catch wind and just start moving around. So I'm actually considering uh, for my decoy spread, attaching a three or four foot piece of elastic, uh, elastic string. To the, to the decoy between, uh, you know, my standard rig and the decoy itself. So as this thing's getting blown around, it'll kind of be stretched and pulled back, kind of like a jerk rig works. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do with this, and we are really, really close to getting this wingsuit out, too. We've got the steel prototypes in hand. We've got the frame prototypes in hand. We just had the cloth prototypes printed up yesterday. So we've got a ton of cool stuff happening with the wingsuit, and we're hoping to have those out too by October. Nice, yeah. When when I saw the pictures of those, I thought, man, he's just it just keeps going, doesn't it? It just keeps going. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the good ideas keep coming. Uh, yeah, so, we, we've got some more ideas in the works too. Nothing I could talk about. You know, we're not really ready for another product or another patent right now. So, but I've got a book of ideas that we're working on. And uh, I really think Bluebird Waterfowl is going to be right up there with the big boys here in no time. And a lot of that's going to come from your listeners. And a lot of that's going to come from your listeners, friends and family, hunting crews to get the word out. Let them know that we exist. Let them know about the Kickstarter. Um, you know, the Kickstarter right now, actually, we just started doing a giveaway. In fact, I think that's how we ended up connecting to record this was we launched the giveaway today. So today is the 20th of June. Um, we're giving away four handmade Matt Pierce, uh, Coco Bolo, Rosewood, uh, Wigeon, Pintail, Mallard, uh, Teal whistles. It's like a six way whistle has a little plunger on it. And, and uh, if you go to Matt Pierce calls, 
uh, mattpiercegamecalls.com. You can actually see, I think he's got some, some pictures on there. And if you go check him out on Facebook, he's got some videos I know of these calls. But um, these things are amazing. And I just hooked up with Matt this morning, confirmed the order. I bought, I bought four of them that we're going to be giving away. So if you guys get on the Kickstarter, if you hear this thing, get on the Kickstarter right now. Because if you buy one, you get a ticket in the drawing. And if one of your friends buys one, you need to message me. Let me know your friend's name. And you'll get two extra tickets for having your friend buy a Kickstarter package. And then your friend will also be entered in a Kickstarter package. So there's, I want to get a bunch of people involved in this, get these tickets passed, passed out. Um, but if you're listening to this after July 1st, guys, just know that message me privately. Uh, let me know that you heard it on the podcast. And uh, I'll be sure to get you guys taken care of. I don't want anybody left behind. Um, and uh, we'll make sure to try to get these products into everybody's hands. Hey man, uh, George, I'm I'm glad you came on and talked today. I'm sure everyone's gonna love to hear that, and I think everyone's gonna love your product. Uh, as I said, it's something that I, as soon as I looked at it, I was I was kind of mind blown, and I I believe that uh, I think the animator is gonna be just super cool up here where it gets super cold, and so I appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time this evening to talk and. Um, I'll get this thing out the door, man, and let everybody know. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you and the Mountain, Mountain and Marsh podcast. I'm excited to be here, man. All right, man. I'll, I'll talk at you later on. All right, Mike. Have a good one. All right. Good luck with everything. I'll see you. All right.